What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Take Three podcast. We're here on a Wednesday, right off of a super wild card weekend. I don't know if I'd call it super wild card weekend, but uh, it was certainly the uh, so wild card weekend. Um, not a lot of great games. I mean, when you sit back and you look at it, it was really we had one barn burner on a Saturday, which was the Bengals and the Raiders, and then it was kind of the Patriots Bills game. Never really led up to a low scoring close contest like uh, we kind of thought. Obviously, Big Ben that was the retirement party. We knew that was coming. Uh, Eagles lay an egg 31 nothing, and then kind of get some garbage time points. Uh, Dallas and the 49ers got interesting, but it was really just because Jimmy Garoppolo decided to be Jimmy Garoppolo, right? If he doesn't sail a pass and miss a wide open Brandon Ayuk, uh, that game's probably a wash. And then the uh, the uh, Monday night game, obviously the Cardinals, I don't even, they didn't even show up, right? Cliff Kingsbury doing Cliff Kingsbury things. Uh, Kyler Murray was bad and the Rams take care of business. I mean, I mean, coming off of it real quick, um, how are you guys uh, feeling? We'll talk about the games, what happened real uh, fast as we fly through that, but how are y'all feeling coming off of the uh, wildcard weekend? Um, on the AFC side, I picked the Chiefs to represent the AFC, and I don't feel so great about it because the Bills look so damn good. So I'm pretty conflicted there. Yeah, I feel, I feel pretty good. Uh, you know, I think we kind of nailed it last week. I said, the Bengals really, to me, had the best opportunity to get to the AFC title game just because the Chiefs and the Bills were going to play each other. And I think, you know, not to foreshadow or anything, but I, I doubt all three of us will be on the Titans this week. And it seems like publicly a lot of people are on the Bengals. So congrats to Cincy not only getting their first win, but having really an excellent shot to get to the, uh, the conference title game by avoiding Kansas City and Buffalo. That's facts. That is the uh, the game yeah, that you wanted to avoid. And yeah, I was uh, I was impressed by the Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase connection. You know, I mean, I came on here and I said something about the Raiders. There's something about the Raiders. They're going to uh, do it. And I mean, it came down to the wire. That was a uh, it was really the best game of the weekend, like I said. And Derek Carr obviously came up short, but I was impressed with Joe Burrow. You know, what I mean, gets uh, gets comfortable in the playoffs. He looked good out there slinging the rock around him and Jamar Chase dialing it up. And uh, they definitely, as you said, they have to feel confident uh, going into Tennessee, probably playing the weakest one seed that we've seen. I mean, would you guys agree going into that, that they're probably one of the uh, weaker one seeds that we've seen? I think I don't know if we touched on the topic last week, but they've got to be up there, at least uh, from my memory. They're one of the less dominant one seeds for sure, but I'm actually higher on the Titans than I think the public is right now. I actually, which obviously we'll talk about a little preview, but I like Tennessee this week. So that's for sure. So, I mean, just honestly, let's uh, let's just straight up get into it. We'll, we'll drop it's a first game on the slate. Obviously it's a Saturday uh, afternoon, the early window, the four thirty CBS, you got the Tennessee Titans 12 and five, the one seed hosting the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals break the uh, curse. They're going in. Obviously we know what they like to do. They like to sling the rock around and um, that's kind of concerning when you look at the uh, Tennessee Titans secondary. I believe they let up the, the third, their second to last in the league in yards allowed. They've gotten torn up by uh, wide receivers. They cover the tight end very well, but they've got torched by uh, wide receivers. Obviously, they have a streaky pass rush. Their pass rush can be good, but, I mean, are you really going to rely on that? Obviously, another factor thrown into the game, Derek Henry's probably coming back. I know he got through a contact practice, so he seems like he's going to be good to go. Uh, Bengals side, their front four is also banged up. Trey Hendrickson concussion. They lost Larry Okunjobi last week in the middle. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors going into this game on uh, Saturday. And, I mean, yeah, Alex, we'll start with you. So, who do you like? What are you looking for in this uh, in this divisional round game? 
Yeah, so as I alluded to earlier, I like Tennessee here. I think they definitely get the win at home coming off a of bye week. They're getting healthy, um, back-to-back division titles, conference championship appearance two years ago, divisional round appearance. I say all that to say Mike Vrabel's tenure as head coach has been good and productive, right? And I believe that's going to continue. I think he's going to have his team ready to play, locked in. He knows uh, the stakes, right? I think they're going to be good to go and to host that AFC championship game, right? That's what I that is what is at stake. And I don't want to undersell the Bengals, right? They've overachieved this year. They've looked really good. They got that passing game humming. And as you alluded to, the pass rush for the Titans is inconsistent. We've seen games where they look very dominant, like Sunday night against the Rams. And then there's other games where they haven't looked good at all. Uh, week one comes to mind. That was a long time ago, though. But so that's what worries me, right? The pass rush can definitely get home on that Bengals offensive line and put pressure on Burrow and kind of make his life much harder. Because if they don't do that, they can definitely have a field day against his Titans secondary. And that's what really worries me here. But I just like Tennessee. I think they'll be ready to go. I like Vrabel as a head coach. And they're getting healthy, right? Like you said, Derek Henry should be back. And the front four for the Bengals is kind of beat up. So with the front four for the Bengals getting beat up, and I think the pass rush for the Titans are going to be able to get some pressure on Burrow. I really like Tennessee here. And I can't undersell coming off a bye and getting healthy for that team. Yeah, for sure. Before I toss it over to Blaine, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to when I sit here and I look at this game. I say, what Titans team am I going to get? Am I going to get the team that showed up week one against Arizona and got blown up? Am I going to get the team that went to New York and played the Jets and lost an OT? Am I going to get the guys in November that lost to Houston? Am I going to get the guys in December that lost to the Steelers? Or am I going to get the team that, you know, beat San Fran, they beat Buffalo, they dominated Kansas City, uh, they beat the Rams in Los Angeles, and everybody uh, counted them out. And yeah, it's really what Titans team am I going to get? Am I going to get a good Ryan Tannehill? I don't know how much. Obviously, Derrick Henry is a physical beast, but we haven't seen Derrick Henry play competitive football since October. So it's like, uh, can I really rely? Is he going to come out right out of the gates and just be the same Derrick Henry uh, that we're used to seeing? He very well could, right? And I could sit here and sound like a moron, but uh, he could also come out sluggish. We don't know. uh, That offense has been playing for months without him, and then you integrate him back in. It could get weird. I don't know. That's just the kind of factors that I look at when I look at uh, the matchup and taking the Titans and trusting the Titans. I don't know what Titans team is going to show up, but uh, I'll toss it over to Blaine. What are you looking at when you uh, look at the Titans Bengals matchup on Saturday? I think for the most part, you just hit on a lot of the points that came to my mind. It's not only the inconsistency in how they've played week to week throughout the season, but it's the inconsistency in the bodies they've had available to them week to week uh, throughout the season. So I'm not even sure that you really want to be in a position where your team is healthy and whole for the first time when it's win or go home. I don't know that that's ideal. Yes, you'd rather have a full complement of players than, you know, two studs on IR. But what I'm getting at is we haven't seen Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown all on the field, I don't believe, since like week one. I mean, that's concerning to me. If this was, you know, a veteran quarterback, if this was Tom Brady, if this was Peyton Manning, sure, I trust they're going to get the job done. They're going to maximize the weapons at their disposal and they're going to minimize mistakes and find a way to get their team through to the next round. But Tannehill's not that guy to me. He's just not that guy. I mean, he got down big. I want to say it was like, two touchdowns when when they just played San Francisco and then Jimmy Garoppolo kind of threw the game away. And uh, 
the Titans won that game. But for me, it's just I, I, I don't know if I trust him. To Alex's point, I think Vrabel is coach of the year to, to steady this, this ship through the injuries, through the inconsistency, get them to the one seed, get them you know healthy and whole uh, with the first round bye. That's a huge advantage. I do trust him a lot. I trust him a lot more than Zach Taylor. When I look at the pieces on the field, both offensively and defensively, something just tells me that that the advantage is like swinging in Cincinnati's favor in a major way. Yes, it's nice to have Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones, but for me, it's kind of not even an argument that I'd rather have right now. Burrow, Chase, Mixon, Higgins, Tyler Boyd's been huge in the slot. Even C.J. Uzama has made play after play this year, and he's like the fifth guy in there you know, in their arsenal. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, for sure. I like it. Yeah. I'm with you on the Vrabel comment, right? It's almost like, I trust Mike Vrabel. He's a smart coach. He's a good guy. He runs a uh, tight ship. He will have them guys ready. But the thing is Mike Vrabel doesn't take the field on Saturday. Right. And you're putting a, a lot of Ryan Tannehill's guy hands. I've never been sold on Ryan Tannehill. He's a good guy, right? He's good. He's made some plays, but I, I just, uh, coming into a playoff game, I don't know how much I'm really banking on Ryan Tannehill. If uh, history shows the Titans are 0 two in the playoffs as a one seed, uh, since the seeding began in 1975. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't bode well for them. But then also when you look at it, it's like uh, the Bengals just face the best four-man rush that doesn't blitz, right? The, uh, the Raiders four-man rush, they get pressure. I think it's 34% of the time. They only blitz 14% of the time, and they handled that with no issue. And uh, Joe Burrow sat back and he had a good old day, right, connected with his good buddy Jamar Chase and had no issue. So it's like if the best four-man rush that doesn't they, – they didn't need the blitz, couldn't really cause issues for Cincinnati. Am I really going to trust a streaky uh, Tennessee Titans pass rush? So, yeah, they could be good, but they could also come out like duds and the, uh, and the secondary could be bad. So it's like it's a great, it's a great matchup. I say it's a – yeah, I, I don't know where to go. I kind of know where I'm leaning, but uh, any kind of uh, closing points on Alex? I know you might have heard some, uh, some of Blaine's comments, some of my comments, and you're ready to fire back. So uh, I'll toss it to you. Yeah, I want to push back a little bit because, like, the inconsistency thing, to be fair, I feel the Bengals have been inconsistent many times this year. And to be fair to the Bengals, they've been pretty consistent the last month. So – like, I want to be even here. But the Titans, I mean, Tannehill's far from elite, right? Yeah, he's not a paid man. He's not a Tom Brady, but he is a vet, right? He has experience. I think I think he – I believe in Tannehill a little more than others. I know that. Um, having A.J. Brown in that run game back will help a lot. But here's the thing for Tennessee, right? Because, like, you went through all those Bengals weapons, and they got more weapons. That's a better offense right now for sure. However, I, there's just something to be said about them being able to – still secure the one seed without with losing their studs, right? They had Westbrook jump in at receiver. It was a Deontay Foreman at running back, and they were still getting wins, and they still managed to secure the one seed, which I think says a lot about the team, right? It's like the next man up mentality, obviously, and they just rally with each other. And to the point of the pass rush, yeah, the Raiders, the Bengals handled the Raiders well, but here comes a – pass rush with fresh legs coming off rest and now that is a double-edged sword right we've seen teams come off rest and they come out lackluster not exactly ready to play a little bit out of the rhythm so that is a risk at the same time but I think I still think at the end of the day it's just a huge advantage for Tennessee and they're the one seed for a reason here right I think the public is like very enamored with Burrow and Jamar Chase and they've taken huge steps this year I still feel they've overachieved slightly. Like, I don't think anybody expected the Bengals to win 
the AFC North and be here in the divisional round. And I think they've overachieved. They've taken a lot of great steps, but I think they're not quite there yet to be in the AFC Championship in the Super Bowl. Uh, they certainly can do it. I don't want to count them out at all, but I just – I like Tennessee here. The rest, getting healthy. Um, it's going to be close, and it's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. Those are uh, fair points. Any uh, any response to uh, that, Blaine, before we kind of wrap it up, give our picks, and move on? No, I mean, there's there's not, you know, any part of me that's going to be surprised if Tennessee wins. And the other thing, too, is you kind of touched on it, and we haven't really, you know, expanded on it, but the Derrick Henry thing really is an unknown. If you tell me right now that Derrick Henry is going to get his normal, like, it sounds crazy in the year 2022, but if he's going to get his, like, normal 28 carries, I think I think the Titans do win. Because the thing about it is, especially when you talk about, you know, Tennessee having a, a weaker – a weaker secondary and a weaker uh, pass rush than the Raiders. You know, last week we talked about if you can just get home with four, then your secondary can kind of piece it together. Well, the Raiders, like you said, they don't blitz much and they couldn't even piece it together against, uh, against Joe Burrow in the offense. So I think if Henry gets going and he keeps his defense fresh off the field, long sustained drives, he's doing his normal thing. He appears to be at full health and he's getting, you know, six, seven carries a quarter, I think that's going to bode well for Tennessee, not just offensively, but especially defensively, because every time Burrow's on the field, then that means that the Tennessee Titans defense will have been well-rested. Yeah, exactly. I think it uh, – go for it. I got a question for y'all. Would y'all would y'all say it's crazy to think that if Derrick Henry's basically not efficient and not good out there that the Titans can still win? I don't think they can. No, neither do I. I think there's a reason why they're ramping him up and bringing him back, right? It was when he got hurt in October, they said the season's probably over. I don't think a team that wants the guy back that bad is uh, is planning for him to be uh, inefficient, right? Because then you're putting the ball more in Ryan Tannehill's hands. Yeah, and uh, I don't think. they're at a huge disadvantage without him, but I still think they could do it. And I think that's where our disconnect is. I got more faith in them, but no, nah, I mean, y'all aren't far off, though. Like, if Henry's yeah. not going to be efficient, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could do it. They're the one seed for a reason, right? We're not coming in and saying if it, I just think it would be hard pressed to think that Mike Vrabel wanting Derek Henry to come back and then say, yeah, he's terrible. And we have full confidence in Ryan's Hill to uh, go out and win us a ball game. I, I just, I don't know. I couldn't see it. I mean, both teams have O-line issues as well, right? The Titans, I believe, allowed 47 sacks this year. So uh, their O-line is just as shaky. So, I mean, it comes down to Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals has been progressing through concussion protocol. If he's there, uh, that would be huge. Um, obviously, their middle is going to be kind of stretched with losing Okunjobi, but if they can get him, one of their key pass rushers, probably their best pass rusher, uh, back and do uh, cause some havoc on Ryan's end. But, I mean, hey, it's time. Uh, swing out the picks. I assume, Alex, you're going with the Titans. You're uh, you're heavy on the Titans right now. Yeah, I'm going Titans. Got you. How about you, Blaine? Yeah, this is this is one I'm not comfortable with just because of the unknown. And, I, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm hedging, but seriously, if if we see the box score, you know, Saturday night and Henry had 25 plus carries, I really do think that means the Titans won. But I'm not banking on that, especially with a guy who needs to cut, move, lateral quickness, hurdle, do all those sort of things, you know, um, close quarter balance and all that off a of foot injury. I'm not I'm not sure that gets done. So I'm just going to lean with the team with with the better complement of weapons and say Bengals by three. 
Yeah, I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm going Cincinnati as well. I like that you pretty much hit it perfectly. I'm not set it right off right after Alex made his opening point. I you can't trust Eric Henry. We don't know, and uh, so yeah, I'm rolling with the Bengals. They're hotter. They have the chemistry, and uh, I think they keep it uh, keep it rolling close. But um, yeah, let's keep it moving. We got the late game on Saturday. Could arguably, I don't know. I don't like to say this because these games that I say are going to be the best matchup of the weekend, they somehow don't turn into the. Uh, the best matchup of the weekend somehow, but we got a uh, Saturday night. We got the San Francisco 49ers. They're pretty hot coming off their uh, last uh, week, 18 went over the Rams. And then obviously they go into Dallas and uh, withstand the QB draw that ended the game and uh, win there. So the six seeds heading on the road to face Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers who are suddenly they're getting just about everybody back. It seems like it's, I saw today, Matt LaFleur said Randall Cobb will probably play. Uh, he got through the core injury. So it's like Aaron Rodgers is uh, getting his full complement back. Obviously, we know he has Devontae Adams. We know that defense is pretty stacked as well. Kenny Clark in the middle. I don't know if Jair Alexander is uh, coming back, but I believe Zedarius Smith uh, should be back in there. So the Packers are just, they're trending upwards. And then obviously, when you look at Sam Fran, uh, Fred Warner, I know he went out with the ankle. He said he'll probably be good to go. But um, I just look at when it's going to be freezing cold and anybody that's played sports, when you go into the freezing cold, that thing could stiffen up uh, like a brick, right? Those uh, ankle sprains are weird. Obviously, Bosa's in concussion protocol. Um, I would bet every money, every dollar in my bank account that Nick Bosa uh, will be cleared and will play Saturday night. I don't think there's any way he doesn't. But um, yeah, it's really a, a tale of two styles, right? If you look at the 49ers, they want to run the hell out of the ball. Eight, nine minute drives, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. And uh, Aaron Rodgers just wants to go out there, have fun, keep him upright. Um, hope that pass rush for the 49ers can't get to him and just slice up that secondary. We know they just that uh, 49ers secondary is the ultimate weakness of the team. And they're going up probably against the best quarterback wide receiver duo right now. So, I mean, I'll toss it to you, Blaine. What are you looking for uh, Saturday night between the Packers and the 49ers and the 49ers? Do you think the 49ers can go on the road or, uh, and pull the upset in Lambeau? Well, first off, let's remind the audience that two of us uh, have Green Bay representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And Alex, I believe, has the Niners representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. So, uh, that's an interesting backdrop for this game because I do think Green Bay is the most complete team on in either conference heading into the playoffs. That's why I picked them to win it all. But, man, I do think this is the, the matchup they would have wanted to avoid the most, uh, a ground-and-pound team, especially in the snowy elements of Lambeau. I believe the high on Saturday is 20 degrees, so kicking off at, at nighttime, it's probably going to be like 10. Um, and I don't think this is the team you want to play in 10-degree weather because they want – to just smash, you know, the line of scrimmage over and over and over and over and make you tackle Elijah Mitchell and make you tackle Debo Samuel and make you defend and tackle a big weapon who I think we see a lot more involved this week, George Kittle. He seemed almost criminally under underutilized last week. But I guess Shanahan said, hey, we got we got things rolling with Elijah Mitchell and Debo. We don't even need to make the Cowboys think about Kittle because they can't stop the first two guys. So I just think stylistically, you know, Green Bay would have just preferred Dallas had beaten San Francisco so that they would have played, you know, the past happy, inconsistent Cardinals or Rams. And I would have felt a lot better. I mean, I, I could have justified picking the Packers over either one of those teams by like 14. I just think this has all the makings of Aaron Rodgers is going to have to atone for playoffs past in the fourth quarter because it's going to be close. It's going to be tied. Maybe they're behind. And if they lose this, you know, everybody says he's going to get his second straight 
MVP and a runaway. This will be like the third time in four years where he's like had home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. If he loses a first home game at home in these playoffs, especially to a team who has historically owned him over the past decade in the postseason, I don't know that he can ever, ever crawl out of that hole. I mean, we already look at him in a different light. We're not even going to try to compare him to Brady. But people do still try to you know, put him up there, top three, top four quarterbacks of all time. And I tell you, he cannot afford to lose this one. So, yeah, I will, I will roll Green Bay. I think, you know, the, them having established A.J. Dillon is going to be huge when you talk about ground and pound and, and making the other team tackle, you know, big bodies and big backs in, in snowy, cold elements. But this offense goes through Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, like you said, and they're going to have to put numbers up. There's no weather excuse. There's no, you know, the 49ers were bracketing Devontae. No, he's been seeing this coverage, like, every game for four years. Aaron Rodgers has to get it done. No questions asked. Yeah, you're not wrong. This is a uh, yeah. It's almost a legacy game. If he was to lose this, yeah, I don't know. I'd be massively <laughs> disappointed. And yeah, I mean, I think the whole world would. He would be. Twitter would be on fire. I mean, if there's one thing when you look at the styles before I toss it out, we know they want to. We know they uh, the 49ers want to run, 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 run the ball. But say they get behind. Say they're behind 10 nothing, 14 nothing. Then you have Jimmy Garoppolo who still has the torn ligament in the thumb, and now he has a, uh, I believe, it was a sprained throwing shoulder. You get that going into the cold. How much do you really want him to uh, him to throw the rock around, right? I don't think Kyle Shannon wants him to have to launch the rock around at all. If he could run the ball 50, 60 times and just bleed this game down, uh, that would be his preferred um, method. When you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers against the Blitz, though, he's got a, a pass raise in 113.7 when he's facing four or fewer rushers, and that's what uh, the 49ers, they mainly do. They're going to rush. They're just – they're. Their usual four, Bosa and Hope, he just gets there. And Aaron Rodgers is pretty damn good. They can spread the field out. They just kind of have – they have everything on offense. But uh, the the Packers' defense has trended uh, downwards uh, through weeks 11 through 18. Uh, weeks 1 through 10, they're only allowing 18 points a game, and that shot up to 27.3 through the back stretch of the season. So, I mean, they're letting up points. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, Alex, what do you see? I know you're heavy on the 49ers uh, going into Lambeau as well. Yeah, first off, thank you, Niners, for knocking out the Cowboys. That was the highlight of my weekend. Um, but I think y'all pretty much nailed it, right? I think the Packers are a more complete team. They're better on paper. Um, they deserve that one seed, right? They should be the favorites, and they probably should win. Uh, I also do believe that the Niners have all the tools, all the weapons to match up well to get it done. And this is, like Blaine said, the probably the worst draw the Packers wanted. Um, AJ Dillon for the Packers, I think adds a really interesting component. He really came on this year and that like physicality and that rushing and the cold Lambo weather, I think could be huge for the Packers, but I mainly just want to talk about the Niners and like, obviously Debo and Mitchell and Kyle Shanahan has talked about, he wants 25 to 30, uh, runs a game. He feels if he can get around those numbers, they always have a really good chance to win. And this is a perfect environment for it. And Blaine made a really good point, which I was going to bring up about Kittle in that passing game. Cause he was basically not involved at all against Dallas, which just tells me that passing game that the whole offense has another level to it that, and they probably will need that in green Bay. Right. Because <clears throat> I'm assuming Bosa will be cleared. I'm assuming Warner is going to play, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to pick apart that secondary if he has time for 
sure. Way more efficient than Dallas was. If uh, Joy Aikman pointed out many times that they were playing really soft coverage on CD Lamb, and like Aaron Rodgers will take advantage of that. They're not going to let Aaron Rodgers is not going to let the Niners play that soft the whole game like Dallas did. They're not going to be able to get away with that. And on top of it, what worries me is. Jimmy, right? Because he had a good first half, and then the second half he had some bad throws, bad interceptions, missed throws. Uh, to be fair, the torn ligament in his thumb and the shoulder strain. But if Jimmy has a fourth quarter like he did against Dallas, against Green Bay, even if they have that lead heading in, same scenario, I don't think they win that game, right? I think Green Bay would take advantage of it and punish him. So I like the Niners here. I picked them to win the NFC, so I'm obviously going to roll with them. They have all the tools in the arsenal, but Green Bay is a better team, right? The Niners are going to have to come in focused, ready to go, and they can't make, they can't have that same second half, especially fourth quarter that they did against the Cowboys. They got to play better football. They have to make less mistakes, and that's going to be on Jimmy a lot. But I expect Kyle to get Debo the ball in open field, Elijah Mitchell get Kittle going. Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, they have all the tools, right? But it's going to be tough. Yeah, they can do it. Jair Alexander is slated to come back. And I believe it's Zedaria Smith as well. Yeah, I mean, my problem with the Niners is it's going to take almost the perfect game, right? They're going to need to be able to run heavy, uh, make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable, get after him. It could happen. But I think it's going to be – they're going to need uh, too perfect of the recipe. I think if anything is put on Jimmy G, um, he's going to shit the bed, right? And you're not going to throw – if you throw the picks this week that you threw last week, you're not giving the ball back to Dak Prescott. You're giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. They got that at 37 touchdowns, four picks. His last seven games, he had 20 touchdowns and no picks. Um, so you're giving it back to a guy that just dominates. And I think there's more routes for the Packers that even if the game got messy – um, they could find a way to get it done. I think it's just one style for the 49ers, and that one style could work pretty damn well. But if it doesn't work well and it goes sideways, I just I don't like them. I don't trust the secondary, and I do not trust Jimmy Garoppolo one bit, banged up in the cold, um, especially after last week, nearly giving the game back to the uh, Cowboys when the game was essentially wrapped up, and then he wanted to do Jimmy G things. Um, and California teams as a whole, they're two and 12 playing in Green Bay in December and January since 1950. So the cold weather teams uh, usually have the advantage. But I mean, we'll see. It sounds like obviously, Alex, you're rolling with the Niners. Blaine, uh, who do you got uh, this week? Obviously, I mean, you picked the Packers. So I'm assuming you're going Packers again. Maybe a late change of heart, the shock I saw. No, I'm going to go with the Packers. And I just want to emphasize one thing. I think I remember hearing this and I just. I just looked it up to, to confirm the actual numbers. You know, we say George Kittle and it kind of gets like lost in the shuffle. Everybody's, you know, especially this year, been raving about Kelsey and Mark Andrews really took a step up. And then, you know, there's some other tight ends, Darren Waller and such that, that had good years. There was a three week stretch just to emphasize how good George Kittle is and can be when he's utilized to his maximum potential in this offense. There was a three-week stretch, week 13, 14, and 15, while the whole NFL world was raving about Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor was making his serious push, hard push for MVP those three weeks. A tight end of all people named George Kittle led the NFL in scrimmage yards over that three-week span. He caught 28 of 33 targets for 425 yards, led all NFL players over that three-week span, weeks 13, 14, and 15. So this is not just some, you know, decent tight end or above-average tight end. When they get him involved, he, I mean, 28 of 33 targets for 425 yards in three weeks is just nuts. 
Yeah, for sure. When Kittle's healthy, he is a uh, he's an absolute monster out there, and he's going to be crucial in the pass game because yeah, I don't know how many downfield shots, but if they can just get him in space, and uh, we know how physical he is, throw a linebacker off you, fight for extra yards, just do anything uh, to do that. That offense uh, will definitely be way better, especially in the play action game, right? If they're going to do a little play action, little I don't know, five yard out or a five yard in. Uh, and just get Kittle the ball, that'll be probably the more likely uh, pass game option out of them. And then um, I think for the Packers side as well, Aaron Jones, he kind of gets looked uh, over. Obviously, um, we have some words in our own uh, chat that's pretty funny when it comes to Aaron Jones uh, with the Packers. But I think they'll look to get him involved in the uh, pass game as well, right? Make Fred Warner on that bad ankle, kind of do something, make him cover a running back, swing the ball out of the backfield and get uh, both of their backs involved and then I mean if you ask Aaron Rodgers I think he would not want this game to come down to uh, Mason Crosby as we've seen uh, just how bad he's been this year but um, yeah I'm going Packers as well Uh, Packers by seven I like the Packers by a touchdown Um, I'm just going with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams just to have fun out there but uh, go ahead Alex. Yeah I definitely think this is going to be a like the best game of the weekend and just like you said the Crosby thing uh, they they uh, matched up earlier in the year San Francisco scored a touchdown with less than a minute left to take a one-point lead, 28-27. And then Aaron Rodgers, about 50 seconds, drove down. Crosby walk-off field goal for a Green Bay 30-28 to win. So I think we're going to we're in store for something like close and exciting just like that again. Facts. If I'm not mistaken, he did miss field goals earlier in that game, I want to say. And then, like, that always puts Aaron Rodgers on edge where it's like if Mason Crosby <laughs> misses another one, dude. He will uh, snap. It's weird with Mason Crosby, though. He'll miss, like, four field goals to start the game, but line him up there for a 60-yarder to win the game, and that guy will make it. Like, it's no issue. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But it should be. I like that uh, as well. Even though I'm going Packers by a touchdown, I think it will be uh, the most exciting one of the weekend, I would have to say. But, um, yeah, let's keep it moving. We got uh, the early game Sunday, the 3 o'clock start, NBC. We have the Los Angeles Rams took care of business on that Monday night game against the Cardinals, beating their uh, division rival again, 34 to 11. Uh, They go on the road to face Tom Brady and the beat up Buccaneers. Obviously Tom got the job done, got out to a 31, nothing lead and just uh, coasted to victory in the wildcard round against the Eagles. Um, Yeah. I mean, when you look at this game, it's the pass happy, the Rams are, they're, they're a weird team, Jekyll and Hyde. They looked great last week but it's like do i really trust the rams to look good uh this week obviously health report they're probably uh healthier they have all their guys right they have von miller they have aaron donald they have cam Akers uh back doing his thing cooper cup and then when you look at tom brady it's tom brady trotting out there with i mean i would assume leonard fournette they give him an extra week right they probably said we don't need you for the wild card round we can run Keyshawn vaughn and uh, we will be fine. But I'd assume he comes back for the uh, divisional round. Not sure, 100%. But um, then it's really him, Mike Evans, obviously Gronk's there, Cameron Bray, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. So it's a it's still the same skeleton crew out there. But, I mean, short week on the road, um, Rams looking to string an upset. Uh, what do you see going into uh, Sunday afternoon in Tampa Bay, Alex? This game, I had a hard time picking a winner. I think it's going to be pretty close. Uh, That's with the caveat of the offensive line injuries with Werfs and Jensen. 
if they play, I like the Bucks. If they don't play, I lean Bucks, but it makes me nervous, right? Um, the first matchup was in LA and the Rams won by two possessions, but they were so efficient in that game. They went 10 for 15 on third downs. They got everything they wanted through the air. And I just don't think they're going to be able to repeat that. I think there's going to be much more of a defensive battle this time around. I think the Bucks front four is going to be able to apply pressure to Stafford and you, and we've seen Stafford, right? He tries to force things early in games or if he gets pressure, we've seen him make some really bad throws this year, even though we've seen him be really good at times, he makes some bad throws. And I, think they can definitely get Stafford into like making a mistake or a pick some something of that sort and you know for me it kind of comes down to yes it's a skeleton crew but like number 12 still back there slinging the rock right they got Tom Brady Evans had a monster game the first matchup I think Evans is capable of doing that again you got Gronk Tyler Johnson was playing well Scotty Miller and the caveat with Leonard Fournette is like obviously they're much better with him and I prefer the Bucks more if he plays but they had basically no rushing attack the first matchup, and I think it's going to be similar. I think they're going to have a hard time, even if Fournette's there running the ball. I think it's going to be a lot of Tom Brady slinging the rock. And really, to me, it's on this Bucks front four to apply pressure on Stafford and try and make him make a mistake. But, man, I think this is going to be a close one, and I was pretty conflicted picking this game, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. You hit it on the head, right? It's 12s out there. The Bucks have a good shot. I don't think Werfs will play. It sounded like Bruce Arians last week said it'll come down to the wire. He's in a walking boot. I just 300-pound guys in a walking boot. Um, I don't see him going. Jensen, though, I don't know the exact injury, but, I mean, he came back uh, and obviously played against the Eagles. And Bruce Arians, it wouldn't surprise me if Bruce Arians and Tom Brady push him to uh, go. It seemed like he was able to finish that and you'd be fine. But yeah, I mean, that week three, I believe it was week three game. I kind of just tossed all of that. I don't even look at that game when I look at this rematch. Obviously, a whole seasons went by and that game, the Rams literally had the perfect game. As you said, they were as efficient as ever. Um, it was the Matt Stafford honeymoon period, right? He was perfect, could make no mistake. He's the guy, you know what I mean? Screw Jared Goff. We're going to the Super Bowl because we have a real quarterback. And um, here we are. You're, you don't even have home field. You're going on the road to uh, face Tom Brady, the team that won the Super Bowl last year. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think uh, – obviously the O-line issues are concerning, but when I look at it, as long as 12's out there, um, I think he should be able to find a way. And we know Matt Stafford likes to uh, do his thing with the uh, turnovers as of late. And then when you look at the Rams' past defense, I mean, they have Jalen Ramsey and everybody's top. And Jalen Ramsey will lock down Evans and lock down Evans. But, I mean, there's still other guys that will find their way to get the football. Gronk, I don't know if they have a good matchup to cover Gronk. I mean, you can maybe toss out 52-year-old Eric Weddle and see what he could do. But, I mean, the uh, 49ers' past defense, again, they let up yards – uh, and receptions, not a lot of touchdowns. It'll be interesting to see if Tom Brady and the guys can uh, punch it in, maybe some screen passes. Um, Blaine, what do you see um, in this matchup early on Sunday? Yeah, I think I, I think it's truly a toss-up. You go back through, you know, most of Brady's playoff runs, there's really only one thing that's proven to be his kryptonite. You know, people want to talk about players, like you said, Ramsey. No, he – Brady's not bothered by Jalen Ramsey being on the field. He threw at Richard Sherman. He threw at all the premier cornerbacks. You know, he dealt with runs where he was dealing with Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu, who are some of the best safeties, you know, of the era. Bob Sanders, he had some games against. So to me, it's not personnel. It's not scheme. It's not zone versus man. It's not blitz or any of that the thing that you can the only real one thing you can point to that you can say yes this has proven over time to give tom brady issues 
is when a team can pressure him with just the front four. You think back to the two Super Bowls he lost where he was just harassed. The first one was by Strahan and Justin Tuck. And then repeat formula, second one, Strahan was retired, I believe, and it was Justin Tuck and JPP. And that's really the only thing that you can say, you know, over time has given Brady fits. You know, the blitz doesn't bother him. It's not zone. It's not man. It's can you apply pressure with your front four, not sacrifice the back end and get to him, make him hold the ball. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound crazy or, or sound like blasphemy as Stephen A would say, but give me, you know, Von Miller, even at this age, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd over, you know, a young JPP and a Justin Tuck. I like this front four better. I do. There's people who say that Aaron Donald's already a top three defensive player of all time. So I think that's the formula. Now, Brady knows that. Arians knows that. How quickly will they get the ball out? Will they? Will we see a bunch of wide receiver screens? Will we see a bunch of quick dump-offs to Giovanni Bernard and Leonard, Leonard Fournette, which Brady has proven he's not um, scared to do? But, you know, the, the front four thing is the thing that gives me pause. Even last year, uh, you remember, you know, the Saints ha- had the formula. They had, they had the bookends with Cameron Jordan and, and Trey Hendrickson, and they gave him fits last year. They gave him fits this year. Uh, just kind of using the same blueprint. They, did, they didn't have quite the stout front four that they had last year, but they blanked Tom Brady again, 9-0, just kind of using that formula. And so I think that's the one thing that, that the, the Rams can hang their hat on. Can Aaron Donald continue to be a game wrecker? Can Leonard Floyd, I know everybody talks about Von Miller, but I've seen Leonard Floyd around the quarterback a lot more than Von Miller since Von Miller joined the Rams. Can those guys get to the quarterback quickly and – you know, the, the big question mark, if there's no worse, they'll be doing that against a backup, you know, tackle, which is dangerous because, you know, every team is going to double Aaron Donald in the middle. So to me, that's the question mark. How will Brady and Arians adjust for what should personnel wise be a very unfavorable matchup? Their O-line minus worse against a very, very strong front four. I want to I want to piggyback on that point real quick because if it is a backup tackle and they're able to get pressure and then say Brady has to release the ball like within three seconds, well he's not throwing to Chris Godwin or AB or the guys he has a ton of reps with. Like yes, Evans and Gronk are still there, but like if you're throwing to receivers, all of a sudden it's Tyler Johnson, and Scotty Miller, and if you have to get the ball out really really fast, like that's a big chemistry like route run like number like just doing it over and over again with Tom and like. I don't know with that pressure and like if they get in his face, the timing could be off and that that could disrupt things even more for him. And you saw that uh, play itself out even against the Eagles. Barnett got to him, I want to say, a couple times on the first drive. And Troy Aikman was really making a point of how Tyler Johnson and Tom Brady were not on the same page. Uh, he, they were kind of going bra- back through the replay on the broadcast and, and showing how, you know, Brady wanted him to continue Johnson was trying to sit down quick so he could get the throw out and they just weren't on the same page multiple times on the very first drive. Yeah, exactly. So that's how, I mean, you guys pretty much hit anything that I could really come back to. Yeah. It's if that, uh, (laughs) that inside and that uh, backup potential backup tackle can keep Brady's pocket clean. I think Brady hates the pressure off the uh, straight up the middle more than anything. You've seen him just immediately, the pressure comes up the middle, that man's laying on the floor yep. uh, right off the rip, right? He can kind of navigate, say if the tackle is getting beat up a little bit, he can kind of sling the rock, but then it gets dicey, as you mentioned, with the chemistry issues. 
uh, with the Tyler Johnsons of the world, maybe the Scotty Millers, the Brashad Perrymans. There's just not those guys that have those reps out there uh, with Tom Brady and the Bucks. I mean, it comes down to, yeah, two things for me is what Matt Stafford are we going to get? And uh, yeah, if they can keep the pocket clean for uh, Tom Brady, for him to uh, find Gronk, you know, find guys that he's uh, reliable with, if they can get uh, Mike Evans the ball, I think. I mean, everybody thinks that Jalen Ramsey is just going to blanket and Mike Evans isn't going to be able to move. Um, he'll be, we, we've seen Jalen Ramsey let up uh, let up some yards before, so I think but he'll be able to get Mike Evans, but it's can they keep Brady upright long enough for uh, things to develop. And if Matt, Saffer, I mean, if Matt Stafford is going to come out and dice him up again and not uh, turn the ball over, then it's a good favor, uh, favorable matchup for the Rams. They're definitely, as I said, the healthier team and uh, they could string the upset, but I mean, I'll give my pick. I'm going with the Bucks. super close. I mean, maybe 21, 18 field goal game. Um, I just, I can't pick against Tom Brady when Matt Stafford, I just don't think Matt Stafford is going to be the guy to do it. It's more likely Matt Stafford folds and gives you a one touchdown, three picks game than him play a perfect three touchdowns, no picks, four touchdowns, no picks, and just a completely uh, clean game, regardless of the O-line issues. I think the GOAT will be able to find a, uh, enough plays to happen. But, um, yeah, Alex, who are you rolling with? Yeah, I'm right there. I think the Bucks in a very close game. And just to make one last point about the Rams, they love to run the ball and then use play action off of that, right? I don't know how efficient that'll be against this uh, Buccaneers D-line. So that's going to be tough for him as well. And I just, I, once again, 12 slinging the rock, right? So I got Tom by a field goal. Yeah. How about you, Blaine? Yeah. And the other thing quickly uh, <clears throat> about Ramsey, I just do want to point out, Ramsey generally does not shadow receivers. He is very uh, – you know, he'll he'll stay on the outside. He might even stay on one side of the field most of the game. You know, he did he didn't fell he didn't follow DK Metcalf. So this isn't one of those situations where the Saints love to harass the hell out of Mike Evans and send Lattimore wherever Evans is, even if it's in the slot. Ramsey plays exclusively on the outside, and he didn't even follow Devontae Adams at all when they played the the Packers a few weeks back. So I just do want to point that out. But I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice and I'm gonna say the Rams get it done. Uh, however, if we do know anything about the NFL, they want Brady and Rogers. So if this comes down to a, a call or a phantom, uh, Brady made a, an incomplete pass on fourth down, but he got tapped on the helmet. You can, you can, you can bet your life on it. That's the, the helmet tap roughing the passers coming out and they'll advance the bucks to, to match up against Aaron Rodgers. That's what I'm saying. That did not even get factored into my model as well, but I mean, yeah, you're spot on with, the. Uh... Yeah, they want Brady and Rodgers. Roger Goodell, I mean, it was so evident last week. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole, but, I mean, it was so evident last week that uh, they needed they need Brady in it for the, uh, for the ratings. But, um, yeah, I like that. Um, we saw, I mean, Mike Evans line up in the slot quite a bit last week as well. I mean, he, he had his matchups against Darius Slay, but then the, the Bucs aren't afraid to kind of, since he's the only guy out there, move him around to uh, keep him away from the top corners. Uh, on the opposing defense. So um, that was a great point that Ramsey does not uh, does not travel. You got something to add, uh, Alex, before we move on? Um, just because I can, and I love bringing it up anytime I can. Blaine said Brady lost two Super Bowls. He actually lost the third one to Philly. Just got to throw that in there one, one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no question about that, but that was more of a high-scoring affair. He really had For trouble sure. in those Giants ones. Facts. And uh, the second one was, I believe, was O.C. Human Year. What a name. What a guy. Oh, O.C., yes. He was also a part of that team. 
Yeah, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So yeah, we know Brady hates uh, when you hit him or get to him. So it should be a should be a good one. That could be the uh, I don't know. There's both of the games Sunday like could be a top notch. Let's jump straight into the last one on the divisional slate. Obviously Sunday night, six thirty in Arrowhead. We get the rematch. The Buffalo Bills uh, looked great last week. Obviously beat the hell out of the Patriots. Um, the game was over before it really even started. And they're going on the road to rematch the Chiefs, a team that they already beat at Arrowhead. Obviously, regular season, I kind of tossed that out. I mean, obviously, the Bills got the job done, but, I mean, we're at a different point in the season. A lot different Chiefs team, although early last week, they didn't look like a, a very good Chiefs team when they were down 7 nothing to Big Ben. And I was like, are we really, like, I'm going to have to sit up and watch this whole thing as I had a, a super early work day Monday. So I was like, there's no way the Chiefs are going to, like, do this and make me sit up all night but luckily they got it together strung off like 35 straight points get it back together so i mean we get a matchup that um it opened at two and a half it's already bet down to one and a half um i know i'm pretty big on the bills i just like everything that they have coming into this i think they're streaking down the stretch josh allen's giving you everything you want but i mean you can never count out andy reed and patrick mahomes they just they find ways right along with travis kelsey they seem to be getting nicole hardman some screen passes and just letting him kind of get out in space the guys are so fast right just get them the ball and let them make a cut same with tyreek hill but um buffalo has that swagger to him so um it'll be interesting to see if the bills can go on the road this is kind of like a big franchise gut check for the sean mcdermott era right like if you're ever going to advance you know patrick Mahomes and andy reed are probably going to be around for the next 10 years so if you're ever going to get it done like this could be the uh the year to do it when they seemingly are the most vulnerable um we'll open up with blaine for uh, this one what are you seeing going into sunday night in kansas city and can the bills uh do it again go 2-0 against the chiefs this year I also didn't even mention the Chiefs are 0-3 against the remaining uh, AFC teams as they lost to Cincinnati, they lost to Tennessee, and obviously I mentioned they lost to Buffalo as well. Uh, is Daniel Sorensen still on the active roster? <laughs> I would say 100%. <laughs> yeah, if they, can, if they can keep him you know, on the sideline next to the heaters with a, one of those big sports coats on, then I, I like the Chiefs' chances. Uh, but, man, you got you to gotta feel like uh, Josh Allen and those receivers are ready to absolutely feast anytime they see him on the field. I do like the Bills. Obviously, I didn't. I did not. None of us saw uh, what none of us saw happening. What they did to the Patriots. Somebody put out there just in the context of the history of the NFL. That was the first time a team has never kicked a field goal, kicked a punt, or turned the ball over. They just literally scored every single time or took a knee. And, uh, I mean, that's to do that against a Belichick defense, that was very, very impressive. But something just tells me, I don't know if it's just the home field or, or the fact that the Bills beat them so easily in the regular season, something just tells me that the Chiefs are going to somehow, you know, pull the rabbit out of their hat and get it done and move on. Um, I, I still trust Mahomes a little bit more than I trust Josh Allen. Um, I think the Chiefs, maybe the best thing to happen to them was, you know, falling to three and four early in the season and sort of having to face some adversity. But I think this is going to be a really, really tight game. I think both teams have advantages uh, when they have the ball. I don't think necessarily either defense is going to come in and be able to just, you know, stop the other one. Frankly, it was a miracle that the Steelers uh, got stops against the Chiefs on the first five possessions, three punts a fumble recovery and an interception. And I don't ever think that's going to happen again. Uh, 
the rest of this postseason to the Chiefs. So I lean Chiefs by just the slightest of margins, not for really any um, matchup reasons. I just think that, you know, it's going to be close and Mahomes is going to have a chance to put the go-ahead points on the board late in the game, and I trust him to do it. I trust uh, an Andy Reid scripted offense. I trust them at home. I love that they're going to have, you know, a huge home field advantage. And I think the, but like I said, I think the bills having already beat them by 18 in the regular season and then just cakewalking all over McCorkle last week, they might be riding just a little bit too high. And I think, I think the chiefs edge them out at home. And I definitely, you know, we, we say every year that games come down to field goals. Did you guys see Tyler Bass kicking extra points last week? Ugly. Shank I mean, and it, left. Was, it was, it was yeah. horrific. And I trust Harrison Butker, no matter what the conditions are, he's good from 55 and in. Yeah, Tyler Bass. Uh, he certainly looked like the Tyler Bass that I've uh, seen in Madden. So I mean, it's not been uh, it's not been pretty. Um, as I mentioned, the Bills are zero and three in road playoff games under Sean McDermott. So it's like this is. I mean, I mentioned it, but this is a get over the uh, hump game. I don't know. I just it, it sucks because I picked. Or I don't know if we're allowed to go back on our picks because obviously I said Chiefs Packers last week, but um, just Buffalo has everything. Josh Allen's trending up. And um, he's able to do so much. And I just think they have that swagger, right? They've already went into Arrowhead and uh, did the job before with, uh, without any issues earlier in the season. And I don't know, they're just, they're kind of getting everything together at the right time. So it's, uh, it's super tough for me. Alex, what do you see uh, out of this game? Yeah, so I'm pretty in line with uh, Blaine here. I think it's going to be damn close. Uh, I don't really have like matchup reason or like football analysis of why I'm leaning the Chiefs. I just kind of think they're at home and I simply trust Mahomes more than Josh Allen. Uh, I like Josh Allen. He's very good, right? And I like this Bills team. They're they're playing really well, which makes me very nervous for the Chiefs because I think this is going to be a very close game. But yeah, they they got beat kind of embarrassed the first time they played them. Uh, this final score was closer than the game felt, right? The Bills just kind of went in there and like threw, threw some knockout punches, which we've seen the Bills do many times, right? They're very dominant offensively when they really get going and they just throw like haymakers and they score in bunches, but they're playing the one team that can also do that and do that well. But I think both of these defenses are vulnerable to running games, right? And we see Devin Singletary and that Bills running game kind of get going the last few weeks. I think that's going to be huge. And I think this is a really important game for the Chiefs. Like, I think they're going to need to be able to run the ball well in this Bills defense. I think that's going to be a big key here. And I don't, I don't have a lot of, like, football reasons of why I'm leading the Chiefs other than, like, I trust Mahomes more. They're at home. They lost to him already this year. And I picked the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl, and I don't want to flip that. I want to stay with them. But I'll tell you what, I thought the Bucks rams was, like, hard to pick. This one was tougher for me. I'm, I'm leaning Chiefs, but, man, the Bills got it all going right now. Exactly. It's a hard. It's a hard one for me. As I said, I picked the uh, the Chiefs, but honestly, I'm just going to break my own bracket. I think the Bills go on the road and uh, they do it close. I don't know. To, yeah, 31-28. Like they just they find a way to uh, to get the job done. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be a show out for both guys. I don't know why last week it's like uh, the Chiefs have been strugg- struggling with the home runs all year. And then it's like suddenly they just the, the Steelers are like, let's let them hit bombs and uh, just have fun out there. And I think the Bills, you know, I mean, they're the one team that they kind of, they, they know how to stop that. They took the mold from Tampa 
uh, from the Super Bowl last year and kind of not willing and make the Chiefs work. We've seen the Chiefs kind of get it together. I think it's going to come down to as well if the Chiefs can uh, can get after Josh Allen. You know, I mean, we saw uh, McCorkle and uh, the legendary Bill Belichick and Steve Belichick duo uh, struggle when Josh Allen got out of the pocket and make things happen. They looked absolutely clueless. And uh, it was crazy to watch, right, a Bill Belichick defense just uh, have no answer when a guy gets out of the pocket and uh, does his thing. So, I mean, if the Chiefs can keep him contained and make him solely a, a pocket passer, which obviously will be difficult, um, I would lean in that favor. But I don't know, something about the uh, the Bills more so than uh, I hope I don't give them my Raiders curse of last uh, of last week when I was – I like the Raiders to kind of go in and do that. But I don't know, I just – I feel uh, with the line coming down, it's just everything is swinging – for uh, Buffalo at the right time. And I mean, obviously we're going to see great teams like the, the lose, right? It's time that the, uh, the chiefs they've been to two. I mean, they'll slip up. They'll be back to uh, more super bowls in the future, retool the roster and uh, get the thing back together. But I don't know. I just, I like Buffalo a lot and where they are going into this game. Um, any kind of closing thoughts uh, before we kind of wrap this thing up? I mean, I think uh, one of the, one you, know, you just touched on it with Josh Allen's mobility. One of the most frustrating things, especially in playoff games, is when you feel like you had the perfect defensive play call on, especially on a third down, and you're ready to get off the field, and these quarterbacks just make plays with their legs. But, you know, Mahomes does it, obviously, in a different way than Josh Allen. He's not going to run people over. But just because teams commit so much to not sacrificing the back end against Kansas City, we see time and time again Mahomes is able to like run for like 20 yard gains, which is crazy. Josh Allen does it in a different way. Like you said, and they're definitely going to have to contain him. Chris Jones is going to have to be a beast up the middle. Melvin Ingram is going to have to, you know, prove his, his late season signing is worth it to Kansas city. But I think that's another, you know, storyline that you got to watch is, you know, who's picking up, who's picking up first downs with their legs when things uh, aren't open downfield, because both teams uh, defensively are going to have to commit a lot of resources to not getting a, uh, their secondaries busted. Yeah, for sure. I almost think that's more important for the Bills not to let Mahomes get those 20 yard jogging runs, right? Because you're on the road, like that just deflates you uh, on the road when you see Patrick Mahomes jog for 15 yards in a first down because you were terrified of the burners on the uh, back end. And then obviously, yeah, Josh Allen, he's more of the finesse guy. That man will just, he'll take a broken play immediately and just do whatever. It's almost like backyard football style of running that that, uh, that that man's able to do, but that's a, uh, yeah, that's a great point. I think the bills, yeah, they have to contain that. Can't let uh, Patrick Mahomes jog and just deflate their defense and kill it. Cause obviously with the crowd roaring, uh, there'll be a little energy boost for the chiefs, right? Usually when you're in your home building and uh, yeah, the bills don't want that to happen. Any closing thoughts uh, from you, Alex, before we wrap this thing up and get out of here. Super excited for this weekend. I think we have four <laughs> games that are going to be pretty damn close and super fun. And Wild card weekend was a bit of a letdown, to be honest. And I think we're going to get made up for it this weekend. Facts. I think this weekend, next weekend, we'll make up for the fake news uh, super wild card weekend. I think they should never call it super wild card weekend again. I don't want to <laughs> hear that. But I mean, yeah, that's going to do it. I mean, we sit back and we wait for uh, Saturday to kick off, as always, man. I mean, appreciate Blaine for coming on, taking time out of his day to kind of join us. Joined us last week. It kind of really makes this thing uh, super fun with three of us on here kind of spewing uh, our ideas and points. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it. As always, please like, subscribe, and comment um, if you have any suggestions. Uh, this video, as long as the, as well as the Spotify, will go up at the uh, same time. So the Spotify description will be in uh, 
this video. So drop us a, a follow on there if you're an audio only person. And uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next week to kind of unpack a divisional round weekend and move on to the uh, conference championships.